Hello, everyone. So we're meeting today for a um, ad hoc session of the Corona um, Investigative Committee. And we're here with um, the pediatrician Björn Hammerskog, who's going to tell us a little bit about the, the current situation in Sweden, and especially the, the death rates that have um, the death rate statistics that he has, has had a closer look at. Thank you for uh, coming. I think uh, we have had some problems with death rates in uh, Sweden. We can't always get all the death rates. And uh, also the problem is that uh, the Swedish uh, uh, what's called now again uh, health authorities, public health authorities, they are publishing uh, death rates every day almost in the week. And uh, usually it seems like they are doing good work. Now there is some problems with the, the death rates after vaccinations. We have to find other sources than a public health authority. And that is uh, the statistical uh, central uh, board in Sweden. And they have found that uh, uh, there are about the same amount of per people dying altogether total death in Sweden in 2020 uh, as all other years before. It's about 90, 92,000 people dying every year in Sweden in a population of 10 million. Uh, of Corona, there are supposed to be dying about 5,000 880 persons in the first season of uh, corona infection or the influenza-like infections, ILI. So it's from September 1st, 2019 to uh, including uh, August 2020. Then we had another peak of death uh, in the fall of ninth of 2020 going into the uh, spring of 2021 and that during that period also between uh, September 1st and August 31st uh, there were about 8860 people had died with uh, the diagnosis of uh, coronavirus. And uh, this means that it's about the same number of people that have died of coronavirus that usually dies with the ILI, influenza-like infections, uh, every year. And there is no excess mortality as far as I can see if you look at the total mortality, it's about 90 to 92,000 
persons dying each say, uh, season. Then, so there is no pandemic as far as I can see. Then the problem is also the vaccination and uh, mortality from vaccination. We don't know anything about that. We have to go to uh, the drug uh, authorities in Sweden, Läkemedelsverket, and they are presently uh, presenting about 288 deaths uh, as uh, something after the vaccination. But uh, that is, we started vaccination in uh, December uh, 28th, I think. And then in the beginning, there were very few people uh, vaccinated. We had difficulties getting vaccine. And we always also um, vaccinated the elderly people. And now they are gone through almost all of the Swedish population with that vaccination and they started uh, vaccinating or injecting rather people be, uh, between the age of uh, 16 uh, to 18. And now they also started uh, with uh, the younger below 15, be below 16 down to uh, 12 years of age. And what we have found, what I found is that they had 288 deaths. And just one of those 288 were less than uh, 20 years of age. There are almost no persons dying below the age of 60. Most people are dying at the around 80. If you do it around, go it per 100,000 inhabitants, uh, there are more people dying, about 4,000 of uh, those in uh, the age of 80, uh, 90 plus uh, age category. And still, there are almost no one dying after uh, below the age of 60. I have a picture here somewhere. Uh, so here you see, uh, there are almost no deaths. And uh, there are, the blue uh, uh, column is uh, number of cases more than uh, per 100,000 uh, people than uh, those uh, age uh, this, uh, than the age below 20 years of age. So uh, there are almost nothing here. So at age of 60, you start coming above very few. And then here is just very, uh, there are about 
4,250. The red column is number of people per 100,000 inhabitants per ILI season in each group. And still, there are not very many dying per 100,000. It's less than 2% of the oldest. It's 99.94% of survival for the whole population. And those kids, they are not even getting any kind of um, death rates. There are all together 13 uh, youngsters below the age of uh, 20 that have died in Sweden. Out of those all together, almost 15,000 uh, cases. Mm -hmm. So why should uh, we vaccinate those kids that have less than, uh, or rather those elderly have 28,800% bigger uh, risk of dying than uh, a, a person below the age of uh, 20. So I think it's really bad of us to vaccinate those children. They don't need it. So if we look at those numbers, Björn, yes. did we understand you right that 28,800 more likely to die from vaccines than from COVID? Is that correct? According to my figures, yes. And that's uh, not 28,800 times, but it's 28,800% mm. greater chance. So it's 288 uh, persons that have died, and one of them has been um, a youngster. That's a real high number. It is. Or rather, it's very low numbers for those uh, kids to die. Mm -hmm. that there, is there's the statistically, statistically speaking, there's nothing of relevance, as far as I can see, below the age of 70, really. Is that correct, right. Björn? Mm. That is definitely correct. Mm. Mm. And the problem is that we can treat people who has got COVID-19. We also know how to uh, protect people from getting COVID-19 mm. at all. And then there is one more very big problem. And that is that it seems like there are some extra material in the injections that is not in the ingredients list. Uh -huh. Because I, can, I have found two people, two persons that uh, react with a uh, a common uh, refrigerator magnet, the magnet sticks to the injection site, which mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, which means that there are some magnetic material in the injections, and that is very bad. Mm -hmm. 
that means that uh, the injections are not according to uh, the, the specifications. Mm -hmm. And the Swedish uh, drug authority, they are not going to test it. I have uh, asked them to test to see if the companies, uh, the drug companies are delivering the thing that they are supposed to deliver. And it seems like they are not. The same is true here in Germany, Björn. Uh, the authorities say we trust the producers of the vaccines. Whatever they tell us, we believe it. We don't check on them. That is bizarre, to say the least. I agree. And uh, if you look at uh, some other authorities, uh, no, Lackmills uh, Verket again, when they are looking at the skin lotions and things like that, sunscreen uh, lotions and things like that, they are supposed to test uh, the ingredients in uh, those sunscreen formulas. But why don't they do the same thing with the vaccine? <laughs> what and about... Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, no. Um, the same is true here in Germany. Everyone tests sunscreen, for example, but no one seems to even care, not the authorities at least, seems to even care what's really in the vials. Now, we've seen numerous reports from all over the world of, uh, world of magnets uh, sticking to the skin at the injection site. So what is going on here? People should be alerted and the authorities should be alerted and should be alarmed even and, and try and look into this. But apparently this is not happening. The problem is um, I believe that unless the people uh, realize and begin to understand that there's something not quite right and begin to ask questions, the authorities won't, at least not here in Germany, because here in Germany, it seems as though uh, all bets are off, so to speak, because um, the authorities and our government doesn't seem to be serving the people anymore. Uh, it even, we even have the impression that they're in cahoots with the uh, vaccine producers uh, because it's totally unheard of that the authorities don't even look into what's in the vials, but simply say, we trust the producers. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Especially, you know, we have we are receiving more and more results from um, investigation into what's in the vaccines, and what we see is that there's um, not the same uh, stuff in there all the time. It seems to be like, uh, you know, in some we have um, laboratory reports, and they they have information that in some of them are metal metal items, um, you know, like nickel and and uh, whatever other like I think. Um, uh, eisen uh, what's that um, iron iron and other other things and even like rare earths and um that it but it's not the same in all the probes that are taken so it's very strange it's very strange mm -hmm. it's very you know like not sure what's really going on and why this i mean even if you had something like this that you have so many different versions of product this would already you know be worth an investigation and you know, on, to on top of this, what to us as lawyers 
is even stranger is the fact that they're keeping the uh the contracts secret the contracts that supposedly our own governments they're supposed to be our governments have entered into with the vaccine makers that is again very strange in the meantime through whistleblowers we have come across some of the um, contracts and they seem to be all the same uh, but the most disturbing part is that the vaccine makers are declaring in these contracts that they don't know if the vaccine is effective they don't know if it's dangerous they do not want even if there are alternative methods of treatment they want us or our governments to still buy what they are selling us and uh, the most disturbing thing of all is that in case there is damage that is uh, or the, the uh, vaccines are causing damage to the people who are getting the injections and they get uh, sued by them, then our governments are supposed to indemnify them. That is uh, both stupid, it's crazy, it's insane. No one in their right mind, if they were in real life, no one in their right mind would sign such a contract, but our governments seem to have signed such contracts. A question to Bjorn? Yes. You wrote to, to the authorities, uh, the medicine agency, like in Sweden, and they, they, they fixed you a decision. Have, have you got that decision to got to court yet? Yes, I uh, went to Förvaltningsrätten uh, uh, in Sweden. And what they say is uh, that they have got the papers and they are uh, not going to uh, look at it immediately and uh, so uh, my appeal hasn't ha had any effect yet but there seems to be some legal issues because i can't find anyone that is a legal actor from uh, Läkemedelsverk and uh, they have made a decision that I am not uh, a person that can tell Läkemedelsverk what to do. So it's really, really funny. And there is definitely some graphene, which is a form of uh, single layer carbon atoms very thin, one atom, uh, atom uh, diameter uh, thin. And then they have added uh, oxide, oxidized it, so got graphene oxide. And that uh, material has magnetic properties. So that is probably the thing. And also there is a patent uh, I found uh, that is valid from, uh, I think it's September or October uh, 2020, where they added graphene into uh, the cocktail. And that is because uh, it makes uh, the cocktail more effective. Mm -hmm. 
Which, um, co which cocktail was that from, from which of, of those Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, or which was that? Well, uh, that uh, patent was not uh, applied uh, by uh, uh, Pfizer or Moderna. It was some other company I don't remember right mm. now, but there is. Mm. And also, uh, they are using graphene as a drug uh, transmitter uh, in new drugs, especially in uh, uh, for cancer drugs. And also there is a patent from uh, 2012 where they added graphene to the uh, usually very common salt solution that we give in intravenous injections or uh, injections to people that are uh, not having enough um, water inside. So uh, that was supposed to be used to get, the graphene would uh, get hold of uh, the bacteria and some other things in the body. But the problem is that uh, how do we get rid of graphene? There are some new papers coming out that says that graphene is, uh, is caught by uh, neutrophils, white blood cells, which have a neutrophil uh, uh, entrapping uh, prop, uh, properties. And that is what they do is that those cells uh, just more or less explode and release all the DNA in the cell to get like a fishing net to just capture uh, the graphene. And as you know, uh, each one of our cells contains about two meters of DNA inside every one single cell. So that net trapping that uh, the neutrophil uh, can uh, do is to entrap the graphene and then they, uh, it also has some uh, oxidizing uh, enzymes, so it can break down the graphene. But at the same time, you increase the risk of blood clotting as uh, you get all those nets, DNA nets. So that I think is one of the problems uh, with graphene why it gives so much blood clotting and you can measure it uh, pretty easily with a D-dimer test. So uh, the body is doing its work all right, despite we're uh, really mishandling uh, or mistreating the body by injecting uh, carbon oxide graphene oxide. This is a poison. Pardon? This is a poison. Yes, it the, is. The graphene oxide. 
oxide. And it's it's that declared in in the the the, the vaccines, so called. No, no, no way. It just says uh, mRNA, which is actually modified mRNA, is not the same sequence as uh, it's supposed to be. They have exchanged some of the bases, uh, uracil to uh, pseudo-uracil, which makes the RNA much more difficult to disintegrate as all RNAs are supposed to really do. So these secret contracts that our government don't tell us about, it's a secret poison with the graphene oxide who is, is injected in people. That is the only uh, uh, thing I can think of. My only conclusion is that it must be graphene as it's a magnetic material that is injecting it just at the shoulder you can't find the magnetic material elsewhere in the body without the ordinary magnet but um uh, we have um laboratories also looking at the graphene thing and so far they have not been able to detect any in the the vials that they you know um had under under investigation so um, the only thing is that it's maybe possible to look at that in a, um, you know, maybe do it like under certain temperatures. I don't know if that makes a difference or like use additional methods, but so far they have not been able, the laboratories that we work with. So it's, it's a, a, hypothesis, a hypothesis, hypothesis, thesis, but it's not um, at this point, it's not, has not been proven. No, but. The problem, as I see it, is as anyone can test with a magnet, and some people do uh, are magnetic, and some people uh, are are not magnetic. So the problem is uh, we don't know what they are really injecting injecting in us, and that could be differences between uh, different batches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what people are telling us, and that's what uh, Dr. Wolfgang Wodak is suspecting, that there's different stuff in different batches. Some contain probably next to nothing, maybe just saline water, maybe they're a control group, we don't know. Some contain graphene oxide. This has been shown in some of the vials that there's graphene oxide in there, but not in all of them. So. We don't know. We don't know what they're doing. They may be performing an experiment on us, on those who get the injections. And it's not just the graphene oxide that causes the blood clotting. It's also the, it's also the, uh, the spike protein, of course. And mm -hmm. it is also probably the lipids that are causing this. And as we have now found out, it doesn't, all of these materials, all of these nanoparticles, they're not staying at the injection site, but they're traveling through the entire body. And uh, some of this stuff uh, ends up in, the, um, in, in, in all of the organs, more mm -hmm. or less. 
Um, that is what the uh, pathologists have found out who performed uh, autopsies on, I don't know, Viviana, was it 10 people who died after vaccination? Yeah, that was, um, but I think it's two different things. Like one, I think, was the study from Japan. Mm -hmm. And the other one is, is you know, that the, they had the, I don't know if they were able to um, show the, the lip, lipids or the, the spike proteins, but they found thrombosis, like in all, mm -hmm. all, all, all organs, basically, and like large ones. So it seems to be affecting at least the whole body. These corpses, as uh, the German specialist, uh, you were involved in that, uh, Vivian. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the um, in the pathology conference um, yes. took place in September, like I think it was September 21, um, like we had um, two really experienced pathologists like Professor Arne Burkhardt and Professor Walter Lang, and they had looked at 10 diseased, um, diseased shortly after vaccination and in in seven of the cases, a connection, a causal connection with the vaccination was uh, was likely. And in seven cases, in five cases out of those seven where there was a, a connection, uh, the um, connection was very likely. So they think that it was really um, caused by the vaccination that these people died from most of them heart problems like uh, myocarditis and um, other like uh, coronal infections, basically. That was the main thing. And then in addition, a lot of them had um, uh, throm thrombosis in, in various um, organs and even like very significant ones, very large ones and sort of un un um, not, not seen before. Bjorn, a question about that. Uh, how is this fitting in together with your knowledge? Uh, it seems like there, if there is blood clotting, uh, there must be some kind of inflammation. And also, the, uh, if you add the uh, magnetic properties of people and uh, the neutrophils making nets, DNA nets, and that makes people, or rather, uh, if you look at the, the molecular level or cellular level, rather, uh, why do we get all those inflammations? Must be some kind of connection. And as D-dimer is increasing, which is a measure of uh, the probability of, uh, the ability to get uh, more blood clots, uh, we, uh, what we do uh, know is that a vaccine usually is made out of uh, protein with or without uh, nucleic acid. But uh, the nucleic acid is incapacitated. So it's just the protein that uh, gives you uh, antibodies. In the mRNA, modified RNA, uh, they inject RNA, which is something that should not exist outside uh, cells and not uh, very long inside cells. 
That's why we have a lot of RNases, enzymes that break down RNA. And then here, uh, the RNA is entering some cells, getting uh, into um, uh, the protein synthesis systems. And then we get via the ribosomes, we get the spike proteins that is then exported outside the cell uh, to, uh, for the body to make antibodies. But uh, I think most of the uh, spike proteins are inserted in the cell membrane as they are a cell membrane protein. And then it can be inserted with a spike protein uh, part outside or the spike protein part uh, inside as is, is complex and uh, molecule. And uh, this means that some cells, they have those spike proteins on the outside of the cell. Some uh, cells have the spike proteins on the inside of the cells. So those cells that have the spike protein on the outside, they may be attacked by antibodies. And if, if there are antibodies, uh, two antibodies attached to each, eye, uh, each other closely, then you can add a molecule called a complement, which just uh, makes a hole in the cell membrane. It doesn't matter if it's just got one hole or two holes or something like that, but if you get, get a, a, a gunshot, a lot of holes uh, in the membrane, the cell dies. And how about the, the, the normal immune system as everyone has? When you got those injections with this uh, poison, what will happen? Well, the body will try to get rid of every uh, kind of foreign materials. And uh, the cell or the body has a lot of uh, Uh, protection protection systems with not, uh, the uh, cell bound immunity the, the easily measured uh, antibody and then we have a lot of other things as well as a complement as uh, uh, oh I just lost it again T cells no T cells that's a self uh, uh, cell-bound, uh, but interference as well. So we have a lot of systems that have given us a life despite all the uh, microorganisms around us and other things that are trying to kill us. But the injection is not good for the, the normal immune system because I saw the numbers of those who has got those injections, their normal immune system is lower and lower and lower for every week who goes. 
I don't know. I haven't seen any figures about it. But, John, uh, yes. Um, our friend and advisor, medical advisor, Dr. Wolfgang Wodak, uh, has told us on numerous occasions that our immune system is perfectly capable of dealing with whatever this is with this virus. Um, uh, even with the spike protein, it is perfectly capable of shielding us by protecting us here because it's a respiratory virus that enters the body through the nose and through the throat. So if it is caught here by our immune system, then we're in perfectly good shape. The problem of course begins when you don't have, or if, you, if your immune system is damaged, which happens with some of the elderly people, not with all of them, but some of them. But he also kept telling us that if you bypass this and inject the poison, the spike protein, and now you were talking about graphene oxide on top of this, if you inject this directly into the body, that's poisonous for the body. Is that a correct assessment? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Because we have a really good uh, protection. We have the skin, mm -hmm. which protects us from almost anything. It's uh, very impenetrable. And uh, like the old Japanese, you can even polish uh, uh, uh things like uh, tea cups or things like that with the skin just to get mm -hmm. a really 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 smooth uh, mm -hmm. surface and uh, it protects us we uh, if we we are living in a really unfriendly environment just air dry air around us what happens if we get uh, skin burns then you expose the body to the uh, to the air and uh, you die because you can't exchange a lot of things through the skin and the uh, and that you don't have any surface protection when you have a, a burn damage somewhere on the skin mm -hmm. So uh, it's really a harsh environment we are living in, but we survive. And that is because the skin is tough. And then we have uh, the mucous membranes in the uh, mouth, nose. Uh, they have a lot of uh, different ways to protect us. So we have the uh, mucus and we have uh, lot of things that just protect us and also in the mucus there are uh, white blood cells trying to intercept any uh, pathogen that we uh, don't that we shouldn't have mm -hmm. and if a pathogen uh, gets into a cell still we have uh, possibilities to defend ourselves about d3 uh, vitamin to help the immune system we made a call uh, was it before christmas to to the swedish uh, lifts medals market and you you taught them about the the very important thing of d3 vitamin because uh, vivian and, and uh, reiner 
they have a, a, a press conference and a press release that that it was a very danger with DJ vitamin for the Swedish people just before Christmas. I can never forget that. Can you tell us a little about the, the DG vitamin uh, and yes, the importance to the immune system and, and uh, what you are really uh, a specialist on? Yeah. Uh, we know for a, a long time that uh, most of the, uh, of the Swedish population is deficient in uh, vitamin D3. And also, Livsmedelsverket, uh, our food authority, they know it because otherwise they wouldn't require us to give a newborn baby uh, three kilos, 400 international units of vitamin D3. Because if they didn't, uh, a great many of those newborn babies would in one year uh, get the rickets or the uh, what's it called English disease in Sweden mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is uh, that uh, bone structures are not growing properly so uh, as most of the Swedish population has below 125 nanomoles of vitamin D3 per liter of blood. They <clears throat> require that newborn kids should have three, uh, should have 400 IU uh, per day. As a pediatrician, I would never dream of giving an adult you know, giving a newborn baby an adult dose of uh, some drugs the baby would probably die and uh, the other way around as well if i give an adult a newborn dose of a drug it's ineffective it doesn't work so uh, why does then uh, tell us adults to have 400 IU per day or uh, above 75, age of 75, you should have 800. That's crazy. Yeah, so I uh, just uh, applied this uh, simple uh, mathematical uh, formula that uh, I learned in middle school. Uh, 400 IUs of vitamin D3 divided by 3 kilos multiplied by 75 kilos as normal uh, adults should weigh about. Equals 10,000 international units of vitamin D3. Per day. Per day. Mm -hmm. And what they did in Finland in the 1950s up till uh, 1964 was giving uh, the newborn babies 5,000 international units per day. Okay, let's apply that formula again. 5,000 divided by 3 multiplied by 75 equals 
125,000 no, units per day. And that wasn't toxic in the 1950s up to 1964. Uh, how, how, how much did you say per day? Just 125,000 units per day. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. No, it's not a lot. If you need it. If we take the advice from our listeners, like it's very lot. Yes, um, why did they why did they stop doing this in Finland? Uh, because they were, uh, I think, uh, in the other Nordic countries, uh, we had lower limits of vitamin mm -hmm. D3. So they uh, stepped down in uh, several steps until 1994, mm -hmm. when they uh, adopted uh, the levels that we have in uh, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Iceland. Mm -hmm. That is 400 IU per day. Um, another thing is, do we? Do you in Sweden have a register like VAERS in the United States, which collects all the data on adverse reactions after vaccination? Yes, we do. And that is Läkemedelsverket, uh, who is uh, the drug authority, who is having it. Mm -hmm. And they have about 80,000 uh, uh, adverse uh, effects in uh, mm -hmm. the register of and about uh, 300 uh, deaths mm -hmm. and the problem is that i think it's just about 1.3 percent of all uh, adverse effects that are registered because it's underreported it's underreported just uh, one third is coming from the medical um, community from mm -hmm. doctors and things like that as adverse uh, reactions but the two-thirds are actually coming uh, from uh, all the uh, all other people around mm -hmm. so people in sweden have started uh, uh, reporting by reporting, themselves reporting by themselves because mm -hmm. that's allowed in sweden mm -hmm. and there is not one other thing that is when they started vaccinating uh staff in january and february uh in sweden staff on hospitals or staff on yeah hospital yeah. staff and uh, for elderly uh, living and things like that then they found that when they in, uh, injected one, uh, what's called um, uh, department, uh, then next day, 50%, up to, uh, between 30 and 50% of the staff stayed home because they got side effects. That's a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot, but the, I think that's the proper number because they were not allowed to go to work if they had fever or other mm -hmm. side effects mm -hmm. so they changed how they uh, to inject people uh, staff so they just uh, injected just a few per uh, yes same here in germany by the way 
Yeah. Uh, the hospitals were advised uh, by one, I think a woman who is in charge of educating the hospitals about the so-called vaccinations. They were advised to not vaccinate more than one third of the people in, one, in, an, in a department so that, so that the entire department would still be able to work the next day because they expected lots of side effects. Probably what happened in Sweden is about the same that's been happening all over the world. But that yeah. tells you the whole story. So if we look at these side effects, the ones that are out there in the open, the ones that you're just talking about, then the side effects that are being reported to the system, to the reporting system, cannot be correct. It's got to be much more than those cases that you just told us about. Yes, I estimated to be 1.3% uh, mm -hmm. report of uh, what should have been reported. Yeah. Uh, just to be in, in Ordnung, can you please explain uh, to us and uh, the people who is watching your background? You know so much, but uh, the, the audience, uh, the people who watch this don't know your, your record, your, your uh, behind the knowledge. How did you get this all in your head? You have a lot of experience. Uh, well, uh, I started uh, at the University of Stock uh, Stockholm with uh, biochemistry and microbiology. Uh, continued to a PhD in biochemistry, then started uh, working or uh, started uh, at Karolinska Institute as a medical student. I've been uh, working on uh, a lab. Uh, for about eight years with measles virus, nucleocapsid and RNA. I've been working as a postdoc in Buffalo, New York, USA for two years with the HIV envelope proteins when we cut and glued a lot of uh, uh, DNA to make uh, to have cells making uh, envelope protein. So we can uh, draw a line. You are competent to talk, talk, to talk about this. I would say so, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's very important, Rainer and Vivian, because the people who's watching doesn't know about the, the background that Bjorn has. No, 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 it's very obvious that he is not really a conspiracy theorist. He doesn't even look like one. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Sorry. Okay. That was, can I, um, I want to get back to the chart that you showed us with the red and the blue columns. Yep. Um, because I, that was a little too quick for me. Can you explain to me what the blue column stands for and what the red column stands for? Uh, the blue color uh, stands for uh, Uh, how many uh, more deaths than uh, children for uh, between uh, zero and or below 20 years of age? So if there is one child dying here, mm -hmm. there are 4,250, uh, 90 plus dying there. 
Is this after vaccination or does no, it not have anything to do with vaccinations? Uh, this is after vaccination. Oh, now I understand. That's why you're saying yeah. the risk of dying after vaccination is, what was it? What was the number again? 280,000% uh, or 28,000% 20, higher? Yes, yes. Whoa. That's just a tiny. What, what does the uh, red column stand for? It stands for a uh, number of uh, disease per 100,000 inhabitants mm -hmm. per ILI season in Sweden. Okay. Mm -hmm. For each uh, group, age group. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, I got it. Thank um, you. Yeah, I want to share one some something with you. That's uh, today, um, you know, a someone did a lot looked at the statistics here in germany as well and one thing i mean this is look this is like the um respiratory infections that you could see in the um you know non-pandemic year 2016 2017 you see like where uh, blue is kind of normal and then it gets like this is like outrageously lots of um infected people so this is back in 2016 and this is what we have in the pandemic year <laughs> basically all normal you know business as usual nothing special yeah. and then the I person, agree. and then the person looked at something that uh, seems to be like an interesting signal you know because we've we've been saying that it's not so clear yet from what we can see from the statistics at the moment you know in germany that there's something unusual going on but here we have um, someone looked at it um, usually like from August like to September, there's usually a change that the amount of death goes down, of dead people goes down because of you know the, the summer, the heat waves in the summer uh, over. And so you see usually see a decline in in um, in dead people. So it's I think the average decline is um three point nine three percent. Yeah, that's usually there's this here you can see a line. Yeah. Um, and then you can see usually from this September, uh, August to September, it changes. It's sometimes it's only 0.42%. And sometimes it's even uh, here. There was one year in 2018 where it was like 11, uh, 11 point, um, uh, 05 um, change. And here for the first time in September, in August, September, the change in 2020, you see for the first time, it's an increase more people die, 2.48% um, die. But usually, since you have usually this de decline of almost 4%, it adds up to a plus of 6 point, almost 4% of more people dying, like from August to September in like a, here, this is a list like that starts in the year 2000. So that's an unusual, unusual thing. You can see it here, here on this column. Yeah. Mm -hmm that it's like always a decline and then plus. So that's something we have to look more closely at. So it seems that there's uh, becoming obvious that in Germany, there's also something going on. And um, here I have another uh, list someone sent me, we're going to look at that. But this person says that in the, um, in the mid beginning of June until mid September, 11,000 people more died than uh, would have been normal. So that's also pointing in the same direction. 
The question yeah, because is, there is evidence is mounting that uh, the other side is fiddling around with the numbers so that the population will not notice that the number of deaths that mortality rates have gone up after vaccination. We're, we, we still have to give this a closer look, but the evidence is mounting, not just in Germany. A, a question to you, Bjorn. Yes. Could you please put up the, 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 the red and blue staples again? Okay. That, the one we saw before? Yeah. Because uh, you mentioned ILI. Uh, what did that mean, ILI? That means uh, influenza-like infection. Okay. Okay. Just to be clear. Yeah. So, Reiner, now, and, and Vivian, now we understand what we didn't understand uh, mm -hmm. last, last time, 28,800% more likely to die from vaccines than from COVID. Is that 100% clear now? To me, it is. Is, is, that, is that actually correct, Jan? As far as I can see, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That is disturbing, to say the least. I, I'd even say it's shocking. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a big shock. Yeah. I didn't I didn't understand that first either, because mm -hmm. Bjorn sent this to the Swedish Parliament. Every one of those three hundred and forty nine people on the twentieth of October, Bjorn, it was. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I read it because I got a, a secret copy of it, and the day after I sent it out in a mass mail to everyone in Sweden, but it didn't tick up at, at first then i called bjorn early in the, in the morning before i called you reiner mm -hmm. and checked is this really 28 800 percent more likely to die from the vaccines than from covid because it was so shocking for me well if this is representative and I think it is because they're using the same vaccines all over the world. If it is representative, then these so-called vaccines have the potential to be real killers. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. It's, as you remember, uh, for a long time, uh, Bjorn and Vivian and, and, and Reiner, uh, a lot of specialists in the United States call this bioweapons. Yeah. And that's the probably truth about this killer injections yes one of these specialists is a very experienced medical doctor and lawyer by the name of uh, francis boyle he we interviewed him and he called it just that a bioweapon and you remember all of you in that situation he had been in interviews with alex jones in united states and dr marcola and mm -hmm. it was a sensation he, he was not believed in the United States of America. Mm. But today, yeah. with these numbers, 28,800% more likely to die of vaccines than of COVID, it's 100% clear. Yeah, I should say so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, one, Vivian, one thing, uh, if we look at the, uh, there it is. <clears throat> uh, here is the numbers of uh, death, which is the black curve. 
the red curve is a number of TCR positive in Sweden on the right side mm -hmm. num uh, numbers per day and on the left side is uh, death numbers per day and then uh, intensive care unit uh, every set uh, numbers that uh, was accepted at the uh, uh, IC intensive care mm -hmm. unit so then you see then I just put the red uh, the, uh, the red curve with, along with the second black curve uh, let's see where is the curse is always escaping yeah. uh, we can see it mm -hmm. well i can't well and anyway another there is it this red curve is transposed one year ahead mm -hmm. so we had this funny situation that we had uh, the first death rate curve and then it's going down at a steady state and it ceased in the summer going mm -hmm. down to almost zero death mm -hmm. then it started uh, with pcr positive and mm -hmm. a week or two later uh, the death rates increased Mm -hmm. Then in uh, at New Year started going down. Mm -hmm. Both uh, PCR test positive, mm -hmm. which is not equal to infections, mm -hmm. uh, going down to uh, beginning of February. Then it started again with increasing numbers of uh, PCR positive. Yeah, but the death rate goes down the death rate still went down mm -hmm. and here we didn't have too many people that are uh, injected with the uh, mm. so-called vaccine but here in april Mar in march april it started again uh, let's see if we can make it better so it's stayed about 20 deaths per day for three mm -hmm. months which they didn't do when we didn't uh, inject people mm -hmm. so there is a difference after there injection. is a difference so well, how do you should... how do you interpret this i interpret it as that must be some people dying from the uh, vaccination mm -hmm approximately or very uh, approximately 1000 uh, people altogether mm -hmm. out of uh, 8000 and uh, here it goes down to in the summer <clears throat> and here at uh, around september 1st it should have went up it did go up but then mm -hmm. it just dropped and here also is september 27th when we uh, were freed from all the restrictions in sweden mm -hmm. then uh, the pcr test went down the uh, icu uh, admissions went down and the death rates went down which basically means that with no measures at all we fare better than with the measures 
Yes, and mm -hmm. that is uh, because uh, uh, the infection uh, unit in uh, Uppsala, they told me that 70% of all infected got the infection in Sweden mm. at home. And 20% uh, got the, uh, it from uh, work. Mm -hmm. That means 9% of all infected got the infection at uh, public places, like mm -hmm. uh, restaurants, uh, warehouse, uh, public transport, everything. Mm -hmm. 9%. So, 9% of uh, those infected in Uppsala uh, got it uh, mm -hmm. by all other means than uh, home and work. Mm -hmm. Which means, why should we uh, tell people to stay home and get infected when they could go out and uh, get rid of the infection? Yeah. Yeah. At, at once, I think like that, they would like to have people stay home and get infected. Right. Well, this is precisely what we were told by, um, no, I, I, we, we, we got two videos, two short video clips uh, concerning the Amish people in the United States and Pennsylvania. They live separate from the rest of society. They uh, they don't have they don't use any electricity. They have no TV. If you don't have any TV, then you won't panic because the propaganda doesn't reach you. And they did precisely that. They let the infection take its course. And in May of 2020, everything was over. They said some of us got sick, but they all recovered. We didn't take any precautions whatsoever. No mask mandates, no social distancing. We didn't want anyone to be left alone. They all, they all need company. Everyone needs to be touched by someone. And that's how they, how they dealt with it. They didn't do anything. And in May of 2020, the whole thing was over. Yeah, and also uh, social distancing, which, uh, I don't like at all. It's also called torture in other countries. And why should we always use uh, social distancing if you really would like to uh, keep distance? It should be a physical distance of maximum one meter. Yeah. Because if you go out in uh, our cold north winter uh, and uh, it's minus 30 centigrade, you see how far uh, the breath will just blow away from you, about mm -hmm. approximately half a meter, maybe a little more. When, you st uh, when you're standing again, uh, towards each other and uh, talking. Yeah. So that is not... Uh, a way of getting the infection. Also, if you're sitting side by side, you don't have any contamination. Mm -hmm. Or if you're, uh, if I'm sitting behind someone else, how do, uh, does it uh, infect? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't. So none of what, this makes any sense. Yeah, none so of this what, makes any sense. No. 
and the masks ma mask mandates it just means that you <coughs> feel miserable mm -hmm. because what you do you increase the uh, dead volume of uh, your uh, breathing system because you add a volume outside <coughs> your mouth and nose which uh, is filled with five percent carbon dioxide mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the air is having 0.04% carbon dioxide. So it's pretty much more. Yeah, um, there was a study um, by a um, couple of German professors. I think one of them was um, Professor Harald Wallach. And this study proved that inside the mask you have a sevenfold higher concentration of carbon dioxide of uh yeah carbon dioxide than you normally would have and uh, no seven seven times higher than the legal limit which means it's dangerous it's not just that it doesn't do anything it's it's totally ineffective but it's also dangerous on top of that plus some of the people who we spoke with found mold in the in the masks and that's what you breathe in too so in that respect it doesn't it neither makes any sense uh nor is it uh, in any way uh healthy it is dangerous but we yeah. can we can draw a conclusion about this we're speaking about now those uh, politicians <laughs> and, and those governments who has done those restrictions and fixed up this propaganda to the people if they live in Germany or in Sweden or in Norway and Finland or Spain, it doesn't matter because it was one of those strategies to make people fear and more sick. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that is the, that's the conclusion that we have arrived at. Um, there was this um, internal paper by the German Ministry of, by the German Ministry of the Interior <clears throat> which we now call the panic paper. And it explicitly states that the population needs to be put into panic mode so that they will play along with all the measures. And the guy who runs our German equivalent of the American CDC by the name of Wheeler, who is a uh, veterinarian, um, he explicitly stated on television that we must follow his orders without asking any questions. Now that is nothing to do with democracy and it's nothing to do with health it's it's got everything to do with a fascist model of government and the problem is that is unscientific we yeah. should follow the science mm -hmm. and also if you just look at the um, child below the age of uh, two with who got uh, a mask in just a few minutes that child will try to remove that mask because it's uh, the carbon dioxide is elevated too much mm -hmm. so you get anxiety yes and it's not just children uh, we heard from one of the drivers of uh, of of an ambulance uh, who uh, regularly um had handicapped people in his car oh seriously severely handicapped people who couldn't move who can't use their arms and their hands 
who were trying to shake off the mask because it was torturous to them. I mean, it's not just the children. Every normal person must find this uncomfortable to say the least. But in addition, it deprives you of oxygen. It does not make any sense. It's dangerous. About yeah. dangerous now to all people who is watching this. How will you handle that 28,800% more likely to die from vaccines than from COVID? That's a big question because all of you can do something about this and especially uh, the mainstream media, they have a work to do and uh, alternative fry uh, internet media also have to, wor uh, to work about this and spread it around because this is a serious situation. Yeah, well, the only thing we can do at this point is to bring this out into the open and to let as many people as possible know these facts. Um, we know, we all know that many of our uh, judicial systems are seriously compromised because they've been infiltrated by people who the other side placed there. This is even true for the international courts. I think there is an estimate that 25% of the judges who are on the uh, international criminal court and or on the uh, panel of the um, panel of judges of the European Supreme Court have been well bought and paid for by people like Bill Gates and George Soros. So it is very difficult to get the courts of law to take this into consideration, but it makes even more sense now uh, in view of this to get the people to know this because it is ultimately the people who will have to turn the tide. It's not the courts of law. The courts of law, we can use them or our own courts of law because we are the people to clean up afterwards. But to stop this, we need the people to rise up. Vivian and, and Reiner, did you see the, uh, the press conference from the, the parliaments in the union? I don't think so, no. Vivian? No, what, which one? It was a press conference from uh, the, uh, the union's parliament on the 20th of October. Was it, uh, wasn't it, Bjorn? Oh, I think, I, I think I've heard of it. Uh, they were some of the some of the members of parliament are absolutely against the measures and absolutely against the vaccine passports right yes correct bjorn mm -hmm. you can tell more about it because i know you have seen it too yeah uh it was almost uh, almost uh most about uh, just the vaccine pass passports but uh, <clears throat> there is i don't know why does all uh, seems like every Europe, uh, EU member is violating uh, the human rights. Mm -hmm. You mean yeah. every every government in the union? Yes. Mm -hmm. As uh, there is the Article Forty Five in uh, our rights, uh, it says free travel. There should be no restrictions restrictions at all uh, while traveling, which yeah. means you can also uh, settle wherever you like within the EU and the EES countries. And that's right. Everyone uh, who is inside the union 
is an owner, uh, not the government? Well, we have to take our sovereignty back. We have to take, we have to make the politicians understand that the rights that we have are, we're endowed with these rights, um, starting with our birth. And it is no privilege. These are rights that we have. No one can take them away from us. We have to remind our politicians or their politicians of this fact. A question to Reiner and, and Vivian. Those uh, diagrams Bjorn has uh, showed now, do you want them uh, to you uh, send? Yeah, why not? Mm -hmm. I'll send them. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll uh, show them on our website as well. I'm running out of battery right now. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so we can end up now. Yeah, I think we have, uh, we, we have now understood what Bjorn is telling us. Makes a lot of sense. It's very shocking. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for listening. Well, thank you very much, Bjorn, thank for much, uh, clarifying this. This is very important, uh, very important information, and we have to let the world know. Mm -hmm. Have a good evening and a good night, and uh, sleep very well. <laughs> okay. Thank you, and take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.